0: Hello, internet. Welcome to the Transatlantic Podcast, a conversation about transgender topics with two people from across the pond. My name is Kat, and I am British. And my name is Lux, and I am definitely an American. Yeah. Uh, today we're going to talk about passing, because it's going to come up, so we thought we'd bring it up now. Um, yeah, passing. It's a thing um, that trans people do. Yeah. What is passing, Lux? Uh, okay, so... <laughs> I won't start Straight off by the deep saying
1: there. I won't start off by saying passing is problematic. Well, maybe I will, but I won't we can get start into off it. there. That's fine. I'll, I'll just say that, and then we'll get back to it. Okay. Because because what you are asking for is the definition of the word. So, um, passing when trans people do this thing is uh, when you are perceived by others in society to be the gender that you want people in society to see you as, basically, and. A lot of people will generally use terms like um, presenting as a certain way rather than passing as a certain way because the emphasis on passing tends to be very cis-centric in terms of like attractiveness and standards of what people should look
0: like. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, that's, what it, that's what passing is. I'm glad you could do that because honestly I started that sentence and I realize I'm way too tired to come up with a definition myself. <laughs> <laughs> I know I know you're in the same state, so thank okay. kudos. Yeah, sorry, um, sorry everybody, this podcast. We're both exhausted. <laughs> it's cool. It's the standard we're gonna we're gonna aspire to. Um yeah. So well, when people talk about Yeah. So when people talk about passing, they usually mean what I've still heard people refer to as like passing assist, which I, I don't know if that's a redundant term. Most people don't seem to think it is. But sort of the idea that you're walking around and people don't you don't see you as trans they don't see you as the gender you assigned at birth if you're not presenting that way anymore um yeah and it's it's a thing that a lot of people strive for and it's for a lot of trans people it's like the end goal it's not that for all trans people but um it's certainly there for a lot of us especially because it has this and this reputation and i it's it's, a, it's it deserves it for getting you past a lot of the discrimination out on the street like if you like if you go if you're perceived as cisgender and perceived as the gender that you are um, you're a lot less likely to be um, harassed for being trans and that has some good effects and some bad effects i mean it's nice not to be misgendered it's nice not to be harassed for being trans but at the same time if you're constantly being seen as like as a cisgender person you can sometimes like if people say shit about, people say shit about trans people to you um it can lead it can end up with, the, with people going stealth so um people basically living in a state where they never reveal to people that they're trans and they live basically as any cisgender person would Which has its good points and its bad points. Um, I know, Lux, you've had some luck, basically being stealth the last recent period. Recently, (laughs) yeah, the last Um, bit.
1: (laughs) Yeah, uh, I do think it's important to highlight the the inextricable relationship between uh, the concept of passing and the concept of being stealth, because. I, I just want to, I always want to point out that going stealth or passing, it's not always necessarily something that the person is doing because they want that to be what their aesthetic is. Like, that's not necessarily how they want to present their gender, but it's how they will be most safe, in, yeah. like, in the presentation of their gender. So becoming, like, becoming cis-passing, quote-unquote, for trans women is essential, as, as, like, I'm sure you would be more... Um, more able to talk about than I would, but, like, you guys get a lot more hate if you are, you know, quote-unquote clocked, and that's, you know, the concept of somebody looking at someone and being like, oh, I can see that you're trans, which happens to cis people falsely sometimes.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and you see that a lot. um, You've seen that a bit recently with the bathroom bills being passed that we talked about last time. Um, Some women that was... uh, Some cis women being perceived as trans because they look sort of tomboyish or... And that's a dangerous situation. And honestly, like, a lot of this time, like, you say it's, it's more important for trans women. And I feel like I sort of felt that a little bit. Like, I've, sometimes yeah, I will fit for my life. If I'm out at night and I'm wearing a dress and I'm sort of feeling unconfident and someone comes up to me and they go, which happened recently, and they ask me for a change or something, and then they say, oh, are you a woman? And I just, like I said, and I just turn around and say, you can't just ask someone that. And she goes, oh, you're a man, aren't you? And I'm like, oh, fuck. So I start, you know, you start crossing the road, they start shouting at you from across the street. And this is like, especially if it's in a place that's quite dangerous, has had crimes recently, which was where I was. It can be fucking terrifying. Literally, people just screaming at you, this person is the other. And, the, you know, tra- like trans, trans people, especially trans women of color, have ridiculously high homicide rates compared to the general population. That being outed against your will by... Like, like being visible as a trans person is dangerous sometimes and some people don't some people are fine with being perceived as trans but there's a reason why um some people want to be stealth or be able to pass and a lot of it is safety and i feel like some oh, there's a some a subsection of um the citizen of the internet that seem to think that people who have passing as their end goal sort of have their priorities not straight but honestly safety should be your main concern I mean, we're animals we're su- we we we're, we're designed to want to survive and no one wants to be attacked on the street and this this also continues it's not just like potentially being attacked even though that's awful obviously um like physically i mean this whole there's there's a whole big thing on the internet right now now that trans people starting to get acceptance of people like repeating this sort of meme that trans that trans women who get with especially cis men are trying to trick them and sort of um pretending to be women when they're really a man.
1: And yeah. there's,
0: and, and this this attitude's quite prevalent, especially on places like Reddit, which sort of pretend to be very liberal but are actually quite shit. Well and it depends on yeah. where you are on Reddit from what I hear. Oh sure. Yeah, those trans Reddits are very nice. But um yeah so there's a lot of danger like it's scary to like be if someone doesn't know you beforehand if someone shows sexual interest in you like there's a big possibility that if you if you like them back maybe you maybe you make out with them a bit maybe maybe they find out and maybe they fucking knife you like it's not there's a reason there's a reason it exists and it's not all all about that I mean a lot of it's also due to sort of the ideal what you where you want to be at the end of your transition and I feel like a lot of trans people if not most trans people who are binary trans especially want to look like they're the gender they you know the the gender they are the gender they identify as yeah and it's not selfish to want that
1: yeah it's it's also like perfectly valid like i just want to point that out like we are discussing like reasons other than wanting to look cis as being, like, the main reason why people might want to look cis, like, as for survival. Like, that might be one of the primary reasons, but it's also completely valid if people just literally want to look like a cis person. Like, they want to look like they were born as the gender they identify as. That's perfectly and totally valid as far as I'm concerned. And there are a good number of trans women, from what I understand, like, from when the, like, early phases of medical treatment was becoming available for this in the United States. Like, a lot of those women had to have SRS, like, or or GRS, however you want to say it, um, Mm. in order to get their, like, legal genders changed and so have, like, been living their lives basically, like, indistinguishably from cis women and who, like, a lot of those people will kind of sometimes abandon their trans identity, but that's not for here. Yeah, yeah. We're talking about passing. Uh, so you asked about my personal experience with passing. And really, le- it was surprising to me. I started testosterone in May of 2015. So it was the very, very beginning of May, the 1st of May. 1st of May? I'm not going to yeah. start singing a Jonathan Colton song. Anyway, moving on with my life. <laughs> so it was right around 10 months on hormones that I was quitting my job that I had had for like almost four years and I went to go work for um, the post office and I started at the post office with my documentation and everything still saying female but like I went to my interview dressed as a male and with my binder on and like all of my coworkers were calling me he and I was reinforcing this by also pretending that I was in a heterosexual relationship by talking about the girlfriend that I don't have all the time. Like, anytime I was talking about Deegan, any, anytime, anything, um, my partner, I was just like, oh, yeah, my girlfriend It's like, no, this is a cis man.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: so it, and it's been more and more lately that I've been passing. But I also want to point out that it, it's not 100% all the time. Not I don't think that I'll ever have it be 100% all the time. No one's ever going to gender me female. And that's fine because I'm non-binary and I might start presenting more femme when I'm more comfortable like displaying that, when it's not just reinforcing their concept of woman. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of weird to experience. I don't, I don't know how to describe it, because people are treating me differently now that I'm passing. But I still have that fear from growing up as a female person. And so... For, like, for example, people will see me from behind, and I'm kind of short as far as, like, cis guy standards would go. Um, people might see me from behind and think that I'm a woman. And I work at, like, Jimmy John's, and, like, it was along the, like, downtown street. So it's just a bunch of buildings all crammed together. And there's, like, an alley and then parking garage. So I had to walk in this alley... And, I like, two weeks ago, there were, like, three drunk guys. It was, like, 2 o'clock in the morning. And one of them, like, yelled out something at me, like, how are you doing? And I was genuinely terrified. And, yeah. like, dropped my voice down to the lowest level that it goes. And was, like, I'm fine. And, like, walked inside the door to go back into the building that I work in. So, yeah, like, it, it's weird because it affords me certain advantages in some situations. But it is very fragile. It's it's basically always it, it's a it's a it's
0: a spinning plate for me that I always have to yeah. keep balanced. Yeah. I mean I saw sort of, I have a of a similar experience with the the fact that it's like I feel like it's never going to be not 100% for me either. Like every time I feel like I'm getting I'm there, there's always one person there that that gender that genders be male again and it's oh taking yeah. me back. And it's not just like I mean part of it's due cuz my voice isn't like the best voice ever and i I'm, I'm not that bothered about it and until it outs me. Like I'm fine just speaking like and speaking like have speaking freely. And I've got friends that tell me my voice has gotten more feminine and stuff, but it's like I know it's holding me back, but I don't it's it's very difficult and I even without that, even without that, like you see you've been perceived as a girl by like maybe ninety-nine percent, maybe, and then there'll be one percent that gets to you and you it's like it's like reading comments on like your comments on youtube or reviews for your book or whatever it's always the one negative review that sticks out and the one you yeah, remember of course because <laughs> brains are so good at being healthy for yeah. themselves yeah i mean i guess it's slightly easier for me as a as a binary trans person because i sort of i know what i'm i guess i know what i'm looking for whereas it's kind of harder for like non, non-binary people because they're not as like people using that people don't tend to use they pronouns for singular people. And they get really pissy if you ask them to. And passing as non-binary is a very difficult thing to do in a society where non-binary people aren't very widely known of. Yeah.
1: I mean, basically it it depends on where you started and where you're at on the spectrum at at that point. Like, but it's, it's so wildly different. Like, in a binary society, I am going to be perceived, like, either as an extremely feminine, flamboyant, gay man, which is yeah. hilarious, especially because I normally wear, like... I have triple um, zero uh, stretched plugs in my ears. Mm-hmm. Like, right now, I'm not wearing the rainbow ones, but I have, like, rainbow ones, and they're, like, poof, like in your face. Sorry if I smite yeah. the audio a little bit there. Um, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it's either that or... I'm like a really strangely biologically male seeming butch lesbian, which is weird. Yeah. But it's either, it's like I'm a woman or a man. They're just judging my femininity or masculinity on that binary.
0: Yeah. yeah. I don't even think that like...
1: within my lifetime we're going to have a society where we look at a person and know or think to just say they.
0: No, yeah. You kind of have to teach yourself that, unfortunately. Yeah. I feel like a lot of that sort of comes back to the way that people do perceive gender, because people always they have this idea that they can tell. And people, like people throw out the toupee fallacy a lot. Like, oh, I can always spot a fake toupee. That um, one of my favorites. But there's, there's sort of like there's people that say like, oh, I could always, oh, I could always spot a guy pretending to be a woman. And that's well, because that's what these kind of people usually call trans people, because yeah. they don't know trans men exist and they don't know what trans women are. Um, and they don't, because when people look at a person. Their brain sees a couple of cues and decides, oh, this is a woman or this is a man or I don't know, which is more rare because people try and push it one way or the other in their heads. Like uh, and it's the little things can push it over the edge. Like I've uh, like I've been wearing a men's hoodie today because it's cold and I don't have women's hoodies. I have one women's hoodie and it's too warm for today. When I'm wearing that out, I'm more likely to be called He. But I was in a lab with a lab coat today with a bunch of students and I got called she the whole time. Like it's it's tricky. There's and there's certain cues that you that people go to and part of that is how you look, part of it is voice, part of it is mannerisms. It's an incredibly complicated thing. And it's hard to regul it's hard to make it work for you yourself without just letting hormones do it their time if you're doing that or presenting how you want to because People don't understand how they're gendering people. They sort of come to a snap decision and that's how they do it. And I think a lot of people don't even realize that they treat
1: men and women differently. Mm, But they very clearly do. Like, yeah, it's only apparent to people who are perceived as both like like at any point in their lives. Just the it's oh God, it's so different. I imagine that the differences are similar over there to what they are over here just because we yeah. both have western style societies that we live in
0: yeah um yeah i i don't i don't know yeah it's weird i mean i am i have been treated differently especially the last couple of months so it's only then i really started to notice like even people that only started only like met me when i was transitioning because it's now, I've been in this city I moved to in September for about six months now. Mm-hmm. Like, people have started to notice, like, people who have even met me then have started to notice changes. And I notice people starting to treat me differently. And it's like, dude, you met me when I was six months in. And it feels to me like that, like, should that should be enough. But no, and then people, like, they're obviously, like, they don't, I don't think they realize they're doing it. But they do, they, like, like, a lot of the ways, the way some guys in, used to engage with me and now they seem a little distant and sort of, I don't know, they act weirder. I don't know if that's quite a way to describe it. I completely
1: understand, and I have had the mirror experience. Not that I was ever... I was never good at maintaining friendships with women. I mean, or at least I only had, like, one or two. And, like, seriously, I had two best friends in, like, middle school, early high school, and both of them turned out to be trans of some kind. So I don't think that that shit counts. (laughs) (laughs) So I basically have never had good relationships with you know, people who are actually cis women. Mm -hmm. And, but yeah, so now people are like, I notice women doing the behaviors that I used to do when I was just like aware that a man was in my presence. It's not necessarily like I'm prepared to be attacked right now. It's just like I am aware that a man is in my presence and so my body language is slightly different. And I can see it because I've done it.
0: Yeah. It's like, I guess it's like the sort of like they don't relax around you as much. Yeah. Like sort of like before, always before you feel very relaxed and like you could say anything, it sort of feels like they're uptight. And I'm sort of sitting there like, what's changed, dude? Like, like I'm still here. Like nothing's changed. But to them, like it, I don't, I don't even know if they do realize, but it's sort of, there is a different feeling, like a different atmosphere. And, like, I get a lot of more, like, women, like, flirting with me and being very nice to me now, which is, I guess, counterintuitive. But, yeah, we go. I'm fine with that. I mean, I do do like women, so. Yeah. Congrats (laughs) on that. Thank you very much. People just think I'm a 14-year-old boy, so. (laughs) Uh, Well. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah, these things happen.
1: And if I wear the earrings, people think I'm a flamboyantly gay 14-year-old boy, so it's, like, triple off limits. (laughs) Anyway. You're, t-
0: you're, t- you're, t- you're tall enough to get away with that, it's fine.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I actually have been uh, recently to a gas station and was not carted uh, for and like buying cigarettes and mm. definitely not for not passing. Yeah. So that was cool.
0: Yeah, yeah. I found like when I when I had the beard, like I'd never get ID'd. Like assume, like when I shaved the beard, usually that's when I would get my had to get my ID out. The thing is, like, recently, like, since I started, since I transitioned, like, people will ask for my ID to get into places, and most of the people will look and just let me in, and I sort of had this sort of feeling, even though I shouldn't, of, like, don't you see I look different? Look at that. Don't, do, do I look? Say something. And the one time someone did was a couple of weeks ago, and they looked at it. They looked back at me, and they said, um, go on in then, big boy, and I'm like, fuck off. Oh, yeah, you <laughs> was... told me about that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, jackass. I probably mentioned it on this podcast, but it was like... It's possible, Yeah. It stands out. I mean, because like, I mean, it shows that people can tell them, tell it's different. I mean, it's a gay bar. I mean, I guess they feel that it's ball free to do it. And I was, I was fine. I laughed at the time, but it's they're like, that's one of those things with the whole NHS and stuff. Is like them making you change your picture soon enough, and like passing on, I all. Mean, like looking different on your IDs is a big, is actually a big problem, especially for things like passports and stuff like that. The fact that we sort of have to do that, and sometimes physical changes are drastic, that can be really tricky. Yeah, uh, I I can actually speak
1: to that personally um, right now because due to the nebulous nature of the safety of living in the United States right now, um, I got my gender legally changed, which I had not planned on doing. And for the record, I am non-binary, and it would be technically ideal if I could have non-binary be my legal gender. Yeah. But... That option is not available to me, and since this isn't the pursuit of safety, I got my gender changed to male. Now I have to change my name on my birth certificate and then get a passport, and all of this bullshit that I didn't plan on doing before is being done so that I can get a passport with a sex marker that matches my appearance. Like, yeah. because I know that it's such a problem to travel. Like, I want to minimize any, any, any possible issues that there could be with that by being like, "Look, blue hair, blue hair, same face." See, because <laughs> like, it literally changes the face. Like, I, I, I don't think that people know this as much about hormones because it's not something that we generally talk about uh, at length. But it changes the shape of your face as part of fat oh, yeah. redistribution. Like a trans woman's face has become, like, a softer shape. And, like, I don't know, some men claim that their faces got more doughy and some people claim that their faces, like, got thinner. But, you know, people gain and lose weight throughout this process too, so it's hard to say. I
0: feel like the difference is there a lot of the sexual dimorphism in the faces on the cheeks, so people find it really hard to describe it. But basically there were, like, a lot of... I feel like there are a lot of... um what feminizing hrt kind of does to your face it gives gives you like kind of bigger like more prominent cheeks and like much less on, around the chin like the lower part of your chin especially the bit under the bone tends to yeah. diminish while the cheeks get fuller and it's sort of the opposite in trans guys and i feel like it's hard to explain that because you're looking at a face and when you look at a face you find it hard to describe the differences because you just see it and you're like this is a face yeah and this looks very distinct unless you've got um a condition which makes you not see faces like that which and it's is, like yeah i which is good, yeah, and it's, pretty, it's fairly common. But like, it's when you look at a face, you're not thinking about, oh, what's different about this face, unless there's like a broken nose, something like that. Yeah, okay, it's quite hard to tell, and especially like, but the thing is, you get people saying like, oh, your face looks so different, or your face is getting softer, and people I have that people say that all the time, and it's true. It does change. I had um, people um, I visited my family in York last November. And they basically commented to me, like, I was, talking, I was talking to one of my cousins, and they said, um, oh, you look so similar. And we both said at the same time, well, we are related. But <laughs> ha, ha. But the but their point was, like, the, like, like sort of my, my chin had changed and sort of looked more like their chin, whereas before it would be been sort of, like, there was a lot of sort of fat around it, and it looked more roundy and less thin. It's hard to describe, as I said, but... Okay, yeah, I get you. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's hard to describe with words, but that's why people <laughs> yeah. have,
1: like... That's why people do like take a picture every day. Like yeah. I don't I don't I, I started that and then I just fell off the bandwagon like two and a half months in. I am I have depression. I have no other reason, but that's okay, that's why I didn't do it. Other people do yeah. it successfully.
0: You don't need but, another reason.
1: <laughs> I know, but I always feel like I do. Anyway, um yeah. but bless for time hop and like fuck off facebook memories and like everything else that came out that's trying to do the same thing that time hop came up with um but yeah i like how it'll show you a picture that you took like two or three years ago and you can take a picture of yourself now and they'll just show up next to each other and like that is a really interesting thing to have as a trans person
0: just because
1: you can see the difference in your, your actual face although again this uh it, dep- it depends on your age as well, I think, and whether you fluctuate weight during the, that period of time. Because um, hmm. I think, like, people's f- faces are, like, it depends on how young you are. If your bone structure isn't done filling out, like, obviously, because of the fact that uh, testosterone tends to increase the size of a brow ridge, like, we know that there's a connection
0: there. Sure. I mean, it depends how much, your, how much of the defining pieces of your face due to fat or bone. Yeah, True. Like, I feel like with my face, I've always had a very, my face always been like basically structured by my fat because I've not got very prominent bones in my face. So I've got a couple of pictures from the same angle that I posted on Facebook and Reddit a while back and like a year difference. And it was just after basically I going through this period of having an eating disorder, which is quite scary. So I was quite thin in the first one. But Mm -hmm. you can tell, you can tell the changes. It's quite interesting. I was really meaning to do one in the lab today. When I was in, there was a bunch of animal skulls. And I got a picture of me during my bachelor's degree with the big beard holding a dinosaur skull and doing a duck face. And I really <laughs> want to recreate that now. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. I need the opportune moment. But I will get there. Yes. <laughs> but no, um, if you want to check out that sort of stuff, there's a whole um, subreddit for that, um, Trans Timelines. It's got a load of very interesting things like that. I used to go there for inspiration when I was feeling down. Just go on the... Um, top-rated all-time things. They change a lot because people go stealth and they take them down. But there's always quite a few at the top that are very interesting and people change a lot. And you can really tell then. And it's one of these things you look at and think, God, hormones do a lot. And I feel like when you're deciding whether you're trans and you're like, oh, I look so male or I look so female or like I'll never look like what I want to look like. And then you see these like amazing transformations and it's like, God, I can actually fucking do this. And it's powerful.
1: I will bring up that there are also um, YouTube channels, like, of trans people who deal with other issues, but also, like, document their transition, like, even people who don't make other content, like, you will find shit tons of teeny tiny channels with, like, fewer than 30 subscribers where people are documenting their transition, so you could literally just, like, do a Google search, or either YouTube or Google search, really, for, like, one year on testosterone or one year on estrogen yeah. transition or timeline or some shit like that. and Yeah, and people talk about it in detail and stuff like that. It's pretty oh, cool. yeah. I, I go into detail on my – I'm like, I'm going to address any possible question anybody could have about this topic. and So there are resources, plenty of resources for finding out, like, whether it's right for you and learning exactly what hormones are going to do f- to you. But it's really funny – I did a question and answer video with my best friend who uh, is a trans man, a binary trans man. God, like fucking two years ago. It was forever ago. Um, and one of the questions that I got asked uh, was what hasn't changed? And when I read the question to him, uh, we both like kind of laughed because it feels like it's yeah. changed basically everything. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. I was at um I was an LGBT event, I think on Thursday thursday getting pizza with a bunch of with the lgbt society i'm in and a couple of friends and i was going through some of the pictures and i was like oh i could make a timeline out of this and i was showing them the pictures from years ago when i had the beard and stuff and they go doesn't it make you feel really bad looking at that and i just thought no it doesn't really feel like me anymore Uh and i don't know how common experience that is but i sort of don't look at that it doesn't feel like i'm looking at me I I mean I see the progress and the progress makes me happy. But I never look at I don't look at my old pictures and connect with them so much as I sort of I know it, I know that it was me, and I know that they connect. But it does feel like a different person, and I don't feel like it reflects on me that I used to have a beard and stuff like that. Do you? I don't know.
1: Do you feel the same about newer pictures, or is it specifically pictures from before you started like your hormones?
0: Um, I don't know. I'm not really compared, but like. <laughs> I try not to look at bad pictures of me from before. Well, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. So that kind of gets on to what I was actually going to um, move on to quickly. Is that a lot of people sort of conflate passing with being attractive. And I yeah. feel like that's one of the things that actually is kind of dangerous. Because, I mean, attractiveness for first of all, subjective. Lots of people, in fact most people, and as my experience and what the data is in this, don't consider themselves to be sexy, especially not all the time. And if your goal and your goal with passing, usually it's just to be considered, to see, seen as and to come across to other people as cisgender. But if you're obsessed with trying to look beautiful or trying to look really handsome, looking sexy either way it's a dangerous goal to set for yourself because who defines if you're attractive? And if you're doing that, when will it be enough? And I feel like this is sort of getting the same place I was talking about with passing a cis, where it, in, in the end, it's good to have a goal and like there's nothing wrong with wanting to be sexy, but you sort of set yourself up for failure if you start off like wanting to basically be a supermodel or looking like fucking Tom Hardy or whatever. And because it's a lot of this is the reason that these people are held up at, in this in these pedestals in the media is because they're sort of hel- they're sort of made unobtainable like the like a lot of people especially like supermodels and stuff they have their bo- they, when you see p- pictures of them that's not their bodies they're photoshopped they're they're toned, they're toned they're, they're smoothed all their con- all their fat is tucked away by photoshop magic it's not what they look like, especially not day to day. Like if you see a picture of a celebrity without wearing makeup, they look ridiculously different. Yeah. And yeah, it's and this is all this ties back to beauty standards and feminism. But and I'm sorry, people who don't who aren't into feminism, that's just the way it is. Sorry, um, that's this podcast. Like we're both feminists. Yeah. <laughs> it's, gonna... it's like you came the wrong way. Yeah. <laughs> You're in the wrong neighborhood. But yeah, and it and if, it's dangerous. But I get it, and I'm sort of there too. Like I'm always there. Like oh, I want to be pretty and stuff. But there's a <sighs> you need to channel your expectations a little bit because they do take time, especially. And you not most people don't get like most trans women don't get like double D breasts and look like fucking Carmen Carrera or whatever. Okay, oh like, she is beautiful. Away. Yeah, yeah, and most trans dudes aren't gonna look like fucking. Who, who's a sexy trans dude um, um adrian there's a lot, yeah yeah he's one of the popular like, straight, ones like straight away yeah this is the problem with visibility i was talking about <laughs> yeah. <a second> <laughs> did we already <laughs> did we already do the
1: podcast on this
0: <laughs> everything's coming full circle that's the problem all these topics go into each other i just don't remember what we've talked about so far like did we, we did, did we the, talk about Visibility? We did talk about visibility. Yeah. Oh, and then
1: we were gonna do the media visibility, and we've been yeah, we have yeah, we haven't off. done that one.
0: Okay, I I left the bit in the podcast. I think when we say we were gonna do it, I think I tried to delete that one. I think I deleted it. I can't uh, remember. I said it's we're okay. Do it. we, People we will, will just get be like, to well, that. Fuck. We Is will it? talk. We we will talk about Wandering Sun and Steins Gate. And, it just requires actual research. Yeah, and Transparent and stuff like that. I haven't watched. Yeah. And boys don't cry and it's, it's a lot of it's a lot of research and reason by research i mean lying on my ass and watching it's just, 30 it's just hours a lot of material of <laughs> true. it's just a lot of lying around to do yeah i'm doing a phd i don't have time <laughs> it's not true i it's true i'm doing a phd but i do have time i give, i make time uh yeah but yeah i didn't know if you I, I don't know if i had any any thoughts on um basic conflating passing with attractiveness i think i may have rambled on a bit and gotten to several different points and co- not come around to a cohesive end. That's okay. I have thoughts yeah. to add on to
1: that, definitely, because yeah. I
0: mean, I
1: don't know if you saw my giant long status like, I don't know, less than a week ago, maybe about a week ago now. Uh, yeah. I, oh, I, I, I,
0: yeah. About feeling yeah, attractive no, as a trans person, right? I'm totally with you 100% there, so if you want to repeat that here, then I could just say I agree with you. Because, okay, cool. Because, fuck. That resonate with me so hard.
1: Yeah. Oh God. The closing line. I feel like it needs to be printed on the cover of a book. Like yeah. I, not the. Whole, I mean, like the closing paragraph with the closing line, just all yeah. together. Cover of a book. Anyway, point being, um, it can be really difficult for trans people who don't pass as cis. And okay, hold on. I'm gonna pump the brakes for a second here before we continue with this discussion about uh, passing and its relation to attractiveness, and uh, quickly address why the term passing is problematic. And mm. like, even though we're gonna continue using that term because it's like the only fucking, re- it's the only reasonable thing that you can use for shorthand but for what we're use talking about. People
0: blending as well, but it basically has the same connotations.
1: Yeah, blending. I mean, passing. The reason that passing is problematic is that because of the literal meaning of the word, people, like, there's this subtle implication that you're trying to pass as something that you aren't, which is why some people have just, like, knocked that completely out of their vocabulary. But in some cases, using the word pass means exactly that, because I am not male, but I am stealth as male most of the time. So I pass as a gender that I'm not, literally, But for most people, that's not the case because, I mean, most, I feel like most trans people are binary trans people and, like, non-binaries are sort of, like, pretty small subset of a small subset of the population. But, yeah, so I just wanted to quickly um, explain why passing is problematic as a concept and then continue to use the
0: terminology. (laughs) The, um, the, the, yeah, the point is, it feeds into the whole, like, trap culture and this idea that we went around for China a while ago that we're just, like, like I was saying before, that we're out to trap people, out to convince people that we're something we're not, and then inherently deceitful, lying people who are just kind of perverted and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. And, and
1: that's especially pervasive in certain circles of uh, radical feminism at the moment, in which yeah. there are cis lesbians who literally believe that, like, trans women are just, like just, like, trying to rape them or, like, force them to have sex with men because they perceive trans women to be men. I don't know. It's fucking—I just—I have no idea. I don't even know how to address TERFs. I don't even know. Um, anyway, let's bring it back to what we were actually talking about. I do feel less attractive now than I did before I started hormones, which is not something that I really thought about, um— because that's not what the, I mean. I was like, I can put on a mini skirt and a nice bra and like a tight shirt and look fucking amazing. I know that I have the ability to do that. Now though, I don't know if I would feel comfortable doing that or like going out doing that again because I'm still so fresh to like not being gendered female all the time, and that's kind of like a relief. So I don't want to lose that by yeah you know dressing femininely, but um now I feel like because I have this mixture of secondary sex characteristics like I am extremely limited in people who would be at all willing to have sex with me or like be interested in dating me because of like I mean you have to be okay with a literally androgynous body like I literally have a non-binary body like that's how I perceive it like and I don't want to say that as, like, a blanket statement, that, like, anybody who is, uh, born one thing and then is on hormones, like, that they, that their bodies are non-binary. I'm not, not saying that at all, but that's how I feel about my body. Um, like, I don't feel like, oh, this part of me is actually male or anything like that, you know? Like, I don't know. So, yeah, I just feel like I have, like, broad shoulders, So I look like a dude in that sense, but I also still have boobs, but they're like as deflated as boobs can possibly get because I weigh nothing right now and fat has redistributed away from them. And then I have like these huge hips and as far as bone goes, but there's no like fat to pad them anymore to make them look good as like hips. And it's all very frustrating. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, uh, it's problematic yeah, on a grander scale than just that, but that's my personal struggle.
0: The attractiveness thing is a big issue. Like, I feel like I, even if people... And I have had people call me attractive. Not that it's led to me dating many people because I really haven't. But, like, I have had some people say I'm attractive and I, it's hard to believe them most of the time because, like, it, it doesn't happen very often. And when it does, it's sort of, like, and you feel that. And even if you do feel, you feel attractive for a second, I'll see my face and I'll think, oh, what's that? And, like, oh, yeah. when I take off my top, it, when it's, like let's be honest when I, when it's when it's warm enough my i do have boobs but when i when it's cold they shrivel up so much they just look like moobs again and i get really uh. down and it's just like i know that's not how they look all the time but it's sort of you look at that and like where am i because like i've always had big hips but and i've always had quite a big bum and the yeah. but i've always had broad shoulders and it sort of forms this this point where i'm like I look at myself and like, will I ever beat the standard where I, I find would I ever find myself attracted if I wasn't me? And it's like, I don't know, and uh, I don't know. A lot of this, course I think it stems from, uh, I know, cause I have been single for a bit now, and before that I was in a seven year relationship, yeah. uh, which sort of basically defined my life, and so like now you try to see, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, just trying to see myself as like trying to reimagine yourself as this special and trying to, as this, as as a single person. And finding out who you are, which, stuff, which has been cool and it's been useful to have that along with the trans thing. So it's not all overwhelming. It's sort of coming in hand in hand. But yeah, I don't, I, I it's, it's difficult. I think I feel like a, a, a lot of people, trans people, especially like feel, feel an attractive, like, just, like even just the fact that they are trans and I've had people like say like, oh, I'm sure like someone will find you very, very attractive, but not me. And it's like, and like people are, like implying that like, oh, I, I, do fancy you, but I would never date you and stuff. And that's that's happened a couple times. And I know they don't mean it in a mean way, but it's they're like, and part of you is always they're like, well, what's wrong with me? And part of that's a self esteem thing, part of it's an anxiety thing. You know, <laughs> there are some we're not we some of us carry some mental baggage, and that's okay.
1: Yeah, it, I think that most trans people, probably, uh, unless they're asexual and or, and or aromantic, deal with this at some point. Because, I mean, it's, it's weird, and, and I said this in my post, and I'm going to disclaim it by being like, I understand that like this is kind of problematic, this thing that I'm about to say. Yeah. Um, I don't have the dubious pleasure of being fetishized the way that trans women are. So, like, even as a trans woman, even if people are just fetishizing you, like, I understand how objectifying that is, and it's fucked up. Like, in the same way as as objectifying, like, women of color and, like, having porn be weird and different with for, for them, uh, whatever. Like, you know, traps, as a concept, are, like, very popular in porn, actually. Like, trans women. <laughs> so, like, women who more or less pass as cis, but also, like, still have that sick peen, I guess. <laughs> so, like, it's it's a common quote-unquote fetish, I, I guess. Like, I don't know if every single person who watches that content fetishizes trans women, but even so, like, you are seen, you as a group are seen in a sexual way still, whereas trans men are not only, like, not visible, but we're also desexualized, I guess just as part of the not existing. I don't know.
0: I think, I really that's it. I think know. it's just, cause, I think it's just cause they're invisible. Uh, I know, I know you mean, I know you don't mean it like it's coming. It can come across. It's like, but it's, I mean, it's not nice to be fetishized, obviously. And I know, I know, I know, I know what you mean by it. I'm just going to put that out there. We're not saying that being fetishized is a good thing. No. Or that you should be thankful for that because that's no. not true. Um, but honestly, I'm, just I, I'm a little bit jealous. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I I don't see it so much because I'm gay, and a lot of this, the lot of fetishization comes from straight straight men. That um, some of them like use it as an outlet to like explore their homosexuality, as they put it, <laughs> because because it's a way you can be gay and still be straight, and you know, people it's technically yeah, not gay. Yeah, and whatever. People, and people throw it, people. There, there are straight men that will date that will date trans women, and then like not, they refuse to tell their friends. And like, oh, if you tell you, pu-. and like, and like they, if then if you suggest like, oh, well, let's meet in a public place, they'll be like, no, let's meet out here, millions of miles away. It's awful, and a lot of it is because they're insecure, and it's not always because they actually fancy us. It's because they're trying to explore some aspect about themselves, and they're ashamed of us, and no one wants to be ashamed as a point of attraction. That's feels very unattractive actually but i don't know if you could ever say that that's a good thing and i feel like on the flip side i sort of i don't know because i wouldn't say i feel like jealous that you're not fetishized because i don't feel like it affects me but i feel like any object of fetishization is gonna that comes with a lot of baggage and that baggage usually ends up turning into discrimination yeah which which i don't the same with yeah, and it's the same I'm with not like arguing a- the point. Oh, sure, sure. And but it's the same with like say like Asian women. Like there's a big there's a big fetish out there for for just, for Asian women in straight porn, and but but Asian women are treated differently. They're still othered, and because they're treated like a sex object, in a lot of ways, it's kind of hard to be taken seriously sometimes. And people can be like, "Oh, I've never dated an Asian before," and so far, like it's, it's not so exotic. It's yeah, Ugh, fuck off. <laughs> it's just <laughs> it's, it the it creep factor goes explode? up. No, I no no I I saw it coming. It was like I tried to I tried to come up with a response to it, and my, my brain didn't do anything. Yeah. <laughs> Fetishization is awful, but the, yeah, and that sort of comes with passing as well because a lot of what these people think they want is trans women who basically pass but have but retain their um, like if they have penises they retain a penis. And, and not the, only that,
1: but it works.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of these people like, they claim like people, uh, some people like this is like, just go back to the idea of a chaser, and that's kind of wishy washy. But like, a lot of people who cl- some people who claim they're trans attracted, as some people have phrased it, will not be interested if you're post up. Hmm. So, like a lot of them are there for the penis. Not all of them. But that's, that's really part interesting. Of them. Yeah, well, I mean, some people some people like a penis, and some people like women, some people like both, and that's fine. Yeah. But yeah, but it's a short time sure being objectified when they're not uh, they're not interested in you, and they're interested in the parts you have. Yeah, and I exactly. feel that follows through to other people or other groups
1: that are objectified too. See, and I feel like no matter which group I start to date now, it's going to be, I'm going to be rejected for the parts that I have. Yeah, like. I don't even know. I mean, I know that there exists a broad category of the type of porn that trans men are in. It's like bonus yeah. hole boys or some shit like that. Um, is that what it's called? Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's fun. That's um, horrible. I haven't looked it up.
0: Not that she knows a very nice term for a porn, but that's so, oh so God, horrible. Yeah.
1: yeah. At least it's not called something. I don't know. Whatever. Don't, whatever. It's It's what it is. <laughs> Porn is problematic, like, in a lot of ways. So, point being, um, we're not, like, I feel like straight women are off the table because they're going to want that sweet cystic, and I'm not going to have it, nor do I have any prostheses. And uh, I feel like gay men are also off the table for that same reason. Or actually, with both groups, there's the additional, like, fear of them being like, you, in that over dramatic way that people are about vaginas, hmm. so I'm that's a concern that I have. So I feel like the dating pool for me, is like, women, because I'm not I'm not really interested in cis men outside of my current relationship, like at all. Yeah. Um. So my my dating pool is women who identify as. Bi or pan or queer. Mm. <laughs> It's a very small dating pool.
0: Yeah, yeah. And it's sort of like, that's the sort of thing I was, when I was talking to when I broke up, when me and my ex broke up, it's sort of, we were talking about this, and I was sort of, I'm sort of lamenting that, as you do when you're in a breakup, like, oh, how will I ever find someone again? And she's like, well, you're going to be pretty niche for a while. And it's like, yeah, it's true. But there's something, like, I feel like it's important to talk about this stuff, because it's, not, cause it's important to know that people are feeling the same things as you. But it's not as bad as we're making out, I think, in the grand scheme of things, and I... There are people that want bodies like ours and it's not like they're not out there. It can just seem hopeless when you're when you're looking and, you you know, when you're looking at yourself and you're judging yourself for these things. And especially when you know you're not the norm and you know that people, when they're looking for a date, aren't specifically looking for what you are. It can be hard to, you know, to see the way out.
1: Yeah. or Or at least they're specifically open to the idea. Like, yeah. Like that's why even I'm even a little bit touchy on like bisexual identified people i I would have to feel them out a little bit more before just implicitly trusting that it's possible that they're in my dating pool just because some bisexual people have been transphobic before, um which is why I personally identify as pansexual and or queer, yeah, um so yeah, like i you there are people out there who are interested in bodies like mine and bodies like, you know, other trans people. But they're so far away. Like, the trans community (laughs) is interconnected mostly through the internet. So, like, it doesn't really hit me if my, if, like, four different friends from four different countries or four different places in the United States all tell me that I'm attractive. I'm like, okay, congrats on telling me that like I mean, you made zero difference i'm sorry
0: <laughs> yeah this is the thing though like if, if they're the people that see your post and will say that's a small minority the people that are actually going to find you attractive and the people that and, there's, and the minority people that people that will actually respond to it and feel open telling you that i mean there's gonna be more than those four people and I sort of like because the way I'm trying to bring it back because I feel like well, I don't want to give anyone listening an impression that they're not going to be fuckable when they transition. No, <laughs>
1: exactly. Like, just discussing but, my uh, personal yeah, yeah. feelings on the topic yeah, right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah.
0: I'm just trying to make it clear. But like, yeah. I it it could be difficult, and it's not like the thing is The thing is with transition, transitioning is not easy. And even when you're you've gone quite a way through it, like we have, it's not easy. And that's and this is and this is why it comes back to like. People assuming, oh, these people just go in and they they pretend they're trans. No one pretends they're trans. It's a horrible thing. It's a horrible thing in in a lot of ways to go through because you are making sacrifices and it's difficult. And you go through these troubles and you will feel unattractive and you will feel like you'll never get there. I mean, most people will. And it's good to get there. But like this, and this is the thing, like, especially with passing, is it is subjective and there can be four people on the other side of the oceans that tell you you're attractive. And tell you or tell you you're passing or we're conflating again a little bit here. But but it doesn't mean that you're not it doesn't, because you don't if, even if you don't feel it, it doesn't mean that you're not. And it's hard because we're all judging by ourselves. But you, I mean, you look in the mirror every day, you see yourself every day. You're not seeing the changes. You don't see yourself as other people see you. You're seeing yourself yeah. in the moment in the context of every other day you've seen yourself. And I feel like it's hard to look at yourself and your body objectively. I mean, I feel like the times that I try to look at my
1: body objectively, I feel pretty comfortable. Like, I don't feel, like, dead sexy the way that I used to, but I also don't feel like I'm unattractive. But I think that that might also be part of, like, this other sort of semi-related thing where uh, I've read things that have, like, been small-scale studies of, like, uh, men and, like, their emotional states or, like, mm. how they respond to a breakup and stuff like that. And, uh, oh, God, I was going somewhere with that. Where did it go? No. <laughs> Shit. Soul scale oh, um, studies. They were talking about relationships and, like, uh, in in one of these studies and, like, what men felt like they had to do in order to be, like, worthy of dating. And, like, it's especially difficult for men who are what we would typically, or what society would typically categorize as unattractive. Like men, for the most part, like men's bodies aren't celebrated and they aren't given the positive self-esteem messages that women are. Like because women have been given these bad messages for so long, now there's this upswing of like positive messages about body image and we are seeing a little bit of this directed at men, but like not a lot. So I feel like not only am I weirding my body up, <laughs> but, like, maybe it's also that men aren't taught to feel attractive
0: or, like... I think this is the thing you're, about, you're hitting on there. I think that's the thing. Because in male society, you, know when you don't get compliments so much. And you're not told you're attractive. I mean, you're not supposed to feel that. You're not supposed to tell people they're attractive. You're not supposed to have feelings. You're supposed to keep those things bottled in. Like so much more since I transitioned. have people like told me, "Oh, you look nice in that. Oh, you look good today. Oh, you're very attractive." That never happens before. Like yeah. if you if you think a d- other dude looks nice, you don't tell them. You keep it inside and you forget about it. And you, you forget know? about. it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> it's it's to- it, and it is it's it's stupid and it shouldn't. It's, but it's the way that a kind of Anglophone society is sort of. I'm sorry that our empire has taught you this way, but it's it's it is sort of the stiff upper lip attitude you know get on with it don't tell anyone you look nice just get on with your stuff you're a tough tough man and you don't need anyone like i've sort of felt that loosening up during transition and i feel like sort of maybe it's part of um something like especially starting to pass as male is getting that sort of and sort of experiencing that sort of emotional shut off and it does feel like you in a lot of ways i feel like it does sort of cut off you cut you off from compliments and being told you look nice and being allowed to feel attractive because that's not part of masculine culture so much. Like when I was hanging out with primarily dudes, you, you, people don't tell you to look nice. But now that I've sort of gone the other way, people like every time now, and like, Oh, I like your dress. I like this. Oh, your, hair looks nice today. It's very different. And it can really affect your self-esteem. And yeah. I don't know if that's the reason, like I'm sort of have, I have that feeling a little bit differently about that because like, I could never go back at this point like i, I i'm not hunched and happy with my body but i like it a million 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 times more than i would ever would before mm-hmm. like i'd never want to be a dude again and i sort of felt like at the beginning of my transition i never thought i'd feel like that but i really do and it's not that i feel and find myself attractive like so, so occasionally i'll glance myself and go oh that's pretty but like not the majority of the time but it's just such a vast difference in the way I think about myself, and it's so positive in comparison. And I don't know how much of that is me transitioning, and how much of that is sort of male culture being so compliment phobic. I think it's probably a little bit of the latter and a lot, a lot of the former.
1: Yeah, that's possible. It's it's also not like I just surround myself with men either, though. So, but
0: I mean, oh sure, also... but even but even when like even sorry to interrupt you, but like even when even when you when you when you sort of being perceived more as male and you're with other women they tend to pick that up more like i never got complimented by women like when i was hanging out with them when i was presenting male it's yeah it's the, tricky the dynamic with your
1: gendered friends changes quite a bit
0: yeah yeah um, that's where i was going
1: <laughs> you you mentioned like you know uh women in general being like oh you look nice and stuff like that like there is this very big difference in I mean, honestly, it's, like, an emotional difference in the way we carry out our friendships. This is why I have, like, ended up accidentally in romantic situations that I didn't plan to be there because I am just, like, open with my emotions all the time with all of my friends, including male yeah. friends, and they just don't know what the fuck to do with it. So, <laughs> it's, uh, shit, I don't know where I was going with that either. I keep losing it, like, halfway through it
0: that's okay we're both very tired I, I'm open with my emotions too and I feel that's sort of I guess that's just sort of the kind of people that put, that decide to put together a podcast <laughs> we just yeah. put their thoughts out to everyone like
1: we just babble at each other for an
0: hour an hour yeah. and a half sometimes and we, we get, yeah we go on here we, we chat and then we tell people to listen yeah. <laughs> we they'll do. listen to us ramble for an hour and a half it's good stuff sometimes <laughs> we say something excite- insightful sometimes we just ramble <laughs> sometimes we do both yeah a good, a, a good healthy mixture of both. Yeah, yeah. Um. um yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I was going to look at the list of notes I made here.
1: Yeah, you actually prepared a little bit for this. I prepared for about a minute and a half, but I did prepare. <laughs> oh, what I was driving towards is, like, I never felt comfortable when women were treating me that way. Like, that very, like, sisterly type of relationship that they, they, they just have is, like... I always felt really uncomfortable with and that whole like I know that people make fun of women with this but the whole like going to the bathroom in groups or just with like two people at the same time and how men are like I don't fucking get it like I don't I don't know if I went into the bathroom with my buddies it'd be like well, like hold your dick for you like you know like that, I literally had that conversation like a week <laughs> ago I literally <laughs> had that conversation like a week ago um, mm. anyway. So I always felt really uncomfortable with that. And the way that men would treat me, I always thought of myself as being like, you know, oh, I'm not, I'm not like one of those girls. Like my mother was of just a very masculine slash agender woman. Like she just did not present herself femininely unless the occasion warranted like yeah. weddings and shit. So like that was my model of like what women, I mean, I, I saw other models of what women did, but like I, I had that attitude most definitely of being like disdainful almost of girlish culture like yeah. not women but like things associated with women which made it difficult to come out because I had to like pull the things apart and be like okay let's separate the stereotypes and all the other shit from the actual concept of being a woman and decide if we can have this part without all of this other stuff like yeah. actually no that doesn't work either <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, uh, men were usually just, like, pretty friendly with me. Yeah. But not, like, overly friendly. And now, like, it's a, it's an immediate, like, click. But I also hate the way that men interact with one another. So mm. I, I like, hate it more than I ever have <laughs> now that I pass <laughs> as male being around men. Because it's, they feel permis- permission to say shit that they wouldn't say around me when they thought that I was female. So, Yeah, I'm like more disgusted because I'm more exposed to what they actually are thinking and just not saying when a woman is around. Yeah, it's very uncomfortable.
0: Yeah, I've seen that. I mean, also men like men talk
1: over each other constantly, constantly. You have to you have to continuously talk over one another, like competing to be heard in conversation. It is the most frustrating thing I have ever experienced. I hate being interrupted. Honestly, that was the hardest thing for
0: me to adjust to. Not being interrupted all the time? Not interrupting people. Oh, yeah. That I feel like there was a point when I was in my last relationship where my ex basically turns to me and he goes, you interrupt me all the time. And I was like, what? I was like, yeah, yeah. Half the time I'm talking, you'll just interrupt. And I was like, oh, no, I don't do that. But then I'd notice myself doing it. And I'd be like, holy shit, I really do. And I had to stop myself and just like, say sorry. and like, if, But then you still carry on because like, you know you have a point and you can't stop yourself. And I guess it's just like going up in this environment where you will just constantly try and get the word over. And it leads me to like like I have a very loud speaking voice now and it's sort of this kind of thing. you try to talk and you have to get your opinion heard. And it's very difficult. You're sort of battling over it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's really weird. It's like they're trying to be louder than the other ones. Like I just can't understand it. It annoys me and it makes me feel like nothing I have to say is valuable to any of the people around me. Like... They're so much more focused with, like, even if somebody is having a dialogue, a one-on-one conversation with me, and, like, they bring up something and I'm, like, starting to address their point with, like, a new idea and, like, oh, here's what I think about that. And then they interrupt me halfway through that. I'm like, oh, so you clearly don't care what I think. You just want to hear yourself talk. Yeah. <laughs> I sort of turns into mansplaining sometimes as well. And that's sort of... I, like, I, like just found my voice. Like a year before I started taking hormones, like yeah. I, like deconstructing the female socialization and being like, no, actually, you interrupted me. Like fuck you, I'm not gonna just, <laughs> I'm not gonna just be quiet now. I, it comes and goes in phases. Sometimes I will just be like, okay, well, clearly what I was saying was not important. Never mind. Um, it depends but, who you're uh, talking to. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it does. If it's somebody like a- who does it all the time, you're like, well, never mind.
0: Yeah, there there are some people that will just go on and talk about themselves for a bit and sometimes just to let them do it until they tire and ask you how you are. And (laughs) I enjoy talking to those people, but I do have to remind myself that I am talking to those kind of people sometimes. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Where I
1: was going with that was that uh, I started Hormones and I have had this name for a long time. It's a very masculine name and like... everything changed like and then the Fire Nation attacked like fucking I found my voice just in time to enter a community I mean I was already surrounded by trans women but like people started to be like oh trans men and and AFAB people have too much visibility and they're always dominating the conversation so just as I found my voice I Mm -hmm. had to be silent and like like I don't and I'm like afraid to comment on some things, or like i I have to tiptoe now because even though I know that I'm trans, people don't see that, and so I have to make absolutely sure that every single thing that I say does not come across as condescending in any way, shape or form
0: yeah
1: uh anyway, so do we have uh an do did we do you think that we gave a fair exploration of the conflation between? attractiveness and passing?
0: I think like so. Th- I mean, this one's been a bit more free-from, but I feel like that sort of suits it because passing is such a subjective topic. Yeah. Um, We were talking about, like, at some point you wanted to talk about um how to deal with passing. I don't know if you, like, want to give that its own section because that might be a bit hard to oh, unpack. Oh, like, like how to do it or... How to or, deal with it. Now, deal with how being mis- misgendered and stuff like that. Or if you wanted to save misgendering for another thing.
1: Oh, yeah, no. I've got... A lot of things, to, the, the concept that Kat just mentioned is um, I want to do, uh, I want to have a little bit of a conversation about what to do when you get misgendered, like to give you advice and tools to use when you get yourself in that situation, because it's going to happen inevitably. I have a particular thing that I need to do separate from the podcast on my channel for the trans men's yes. and the folk like them, because they need it. They have a special <laughs> message. They have a special message that they get to hear.
0: Oh, But, uh, a nice present. Yeah, it, that's going to be an entire podcast. Cool. Yeah, well, we can set that out as a goal, because I do I do want to talk about it. I feel like, because I feel misgendering does come under passing, and I feel like we sort of version talking about it, but it's sort of one of these things that does deserve unpacking by itself.
1: Yeah, I, I guess we did kind of go in
0: reverse order
1: in terms of, like, explaining concepts, because...
0: The thing is, like, it's all going to is they're all going to blend into one and they're all going to come back to each other. I mean, the, the the way we're basically structuring these out by topic is sort of just to help us frame the conversation. We don't need yeah. to perfectly sum it up every time. And we can get e- we can send us an email if you want us to cover something or go yeah. back to something or if you need clarification or if you want us to just make penis jokes. I don't know. I mean, we could do that. I try. I've been trying to avoid it because I don't want to make anybody dysphoria. It's so hard. <laughs> it's so hard. It is so hard. I really, with the drum sound effect. Is that in the loops? Is that in? Does Garage Band have that? I don't know. I'm gonna fucking find that drum loop. <laughs> anyway. Okay. <laughs> Good. Okay.
1: Okay, that we actually stretched it. that longer <laughs> than we thought we were going to.
0: Yeah, I think it'll be like, because it was quite freeform, I feel like we're going to lose about five minutes, but it'll still be like an hour, so that's pretty good. Yeah, it'll be all right. Yeah, cool. All right. Yeah. It's time right. to say bye now. It is. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. This has been uh, Transatlantic, as I already told you. Um, if you want to email us, ask questions, that's available now. If you want to send an email to transatlanticpod at gmail.com, I believe we're on Twitter at Pod, even though I've never been on there. There's also a Facebook page, TransAtlanticPod. Um, by the time you listen to this, they should be up and running and not just like um, a little thing with a logo on it. Um, our theme music is uh, Runaway by George Gad. He's a very, very good friend of mine and I love him dearly. Um, buy his music on Bandcamp. Um, buy, his, buy music from his band Little Bribes. They're very, very good. Um, what else was there? Yeah. Um, share this with your friends. Tell people about it. Don't tell them that we, did, that we rambled a lot. Tell them that we were <laughs> very succinct and very smart, smart, smart people. Tell um, them how professional we are. Exactly. We're very professional. Um, you can find us on um, SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, whatever that is. We're on there. We're not on Google Play because it's not available to UK users. I don't know what that's about. But there we go. That's and soon we'll be on us. YouTube. We will soon be on YouTube. Yes, we're hoping yes. with a nice, shiny logo that um, will contain one of several ideas that we have not settled.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: it'll, it'll be a logo eventually. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> this is a show. Yeah, we're showing you how the sausage is made, so to speak.
1: Yeah, you, you, if you're if you're listening at this early phase, you're you're seeing all of the. It's like going to a house that's halfway constructed. There's like sawdust everywhere. Like, beams keep getting knocked over. Like, everything's a
0: mess. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly what happened to my house next door at the fucking moment. Keeping me like, yeah, come over here, um, plaster our floors or walls or whichever bits you plaster, get some fresh carpet down, tell your friends, get them to help, put some wallpaper up, find some kitchen appliances, buy us a fridge. (laughs) Okay, I'm gonna die now.
1: Thank you everybody so much for listening. We will see you next time. Bye. See you next time.